0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, I may have choked, Michigan sure as heck
2: did not. Congrats to the Wolverines national champions. 15-0 season. Dominant from start to finish. With their coach, without their coach, against Ohio State. Against Alabama, national championship last night, 34-13. Michigan beats Washington. And we're going to get to the NFL in a second here. But quick comment from each of you on Michigan. When you think back to the 2023-24 season with the Wolverines, you will think too?
3: One of the most dominant college football teams ever.
2: Smalls?
4: Connor Stallions. (laughs)
2: <laughs> then, then how it how is it not tainted? Then no,
4: it's your not. Your first response is Connor Stallions. Come on, that's the story that we've been talking about all season long. I'm not saying that it's tainted or that they were cheating in any way to win this championship last night. But when that is the pervasive story surrounding your team for the majority of the season, yeah, when I reflect back on this championship, it's always going to go hand in hand with the name Connor Stallions. I,
2: I will think to a championship that needed to be won. They had to win this because of all the stuff that we're saying. They're unbelievably dominant. They have all the drama around them. Harbaugh's been there long enough and good enough now for a long period of time. It's the Patriots against the Rams a few years ago. You had to win that one, you know, after everything that went on, right? It was the Warriors against the Celtics. You kind of had to win that one. This was a Patriots against the Giants the second time, and they didn't, right? They had to win that championship, and you guys won that. This felt like... Of course you want to win. It felt like you had to win that last night, and they did.
3: No, they got it done, and it was impressive fashion. They ran the ball for over 300 yards, and 231 of those yards came before contact. That lets me know that that offensive line was moving people the entire night, and Washington had no answer for it. And after the first quarter, when Michigan racked up a buck 75 on the ground, I knew that they had no shot Unless Michael Penix was able to do something special, they had no shot of being competitive in that game.
2: And what we learn now is that maybe, possibly, it could be Harbaugh's last game. CeCe's saying, no, I think he comes back to Michigan. Smalls and I are saying, no, he's gone. He's going to join his brother in the NFL, who was obviously there with him last night. Speaking of the NFL, exit meetings all over the league. We have coaches getting fired, coaches resigning. Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator with the Giants. He leaves. Carolina interviews nine head coaching candidates, all assistant coaches currently. John Gruden, rumors of him potentially joining the Saints staff. The Commanders make their moves, but we saw Aaron Rodgers yesterday have his exit uh, meetings with the team. And Aaron Rodgers always—you know—it's rare to hear him speak. Well, he's not on a Tuesday. Uh, it's rare. Aaron Rodgers spoke yesterday about his one year so far, four plays, not his fault, with the Jets, and how it went, and what needs to happen now with this unbelievable coaching staff moving forward in the future.
5: You want to be a winning organization, man, to put yourself in position to win championships. And be competitive Everything that you do matters And the bullshit that has nothing to do with winning Needs to get out of the building So that'll be the focus uh, moving forward um, That's the focus of these conversations I think it's it's important when you have an exit meeting To create an environment where There's no judgment It's a free free conversation Guys should hear out their differences We know there'll be a percentage of that That's just bitch for no reason That's part of it But I think there's some Uh, some things in every organization, and we did this for 18 years in Green Bay, the exit meetings are important to just get everything on the table that's happened, flush the bullshit that you need to move forward away from, and then refine your focus moving
2: forward. I mean, Aaron Rodgers... So he
3: wanted to get out of Green Bay, but he references Green Bay when
2: he talks about championship culture? He also didn't talk to anybody over the off-season. That's that's the other part of the game. They had to go see him. Yeah, I mean, when you uh, talk about
3: revisionist history,
2: Cece, you're somebody that played 11 years in the league. You, I think you had one losing season and you didn't even play in that season at the end because exactly. of injury, yeah. right? You won a Super Bowl. So I have to think, you know, eliminating that BS, as he says, from the locker room, from the conversations. My guess is when you won your Super Bowl, the game plan included Jimmy Kimmel, correct? No, oh, it didn't.
3: No, it didn't. Did it include? I, an, I did an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel. Wait, but you I'm were sorry. on Kimmel show? I, I was on Kimmel show. Oh, oh we, gotta we play, got to play that. I played dodgeball with Kimmel. That. It was actually really, really fun.
2: Oh, we got to get there. I was
3: on it, but no, it didn't include anything. with Jimmy Ayahuasca.
2: Kimmel. Tom Coughlin talked about ayahuasca in meetings. No. Okay, well, you guys must have had meetings in the offseason in a cave. <laughs>
3: no, no, we didn't do a darkness retreat or anything mm. like that. No, no, nothing of the sort. That's weird. Yeah, we, didn't, we also didn't do a convention for unconventional medicines and all huh. those types of stuff. We didn't do any of that stuff either.
2: So how did you win?
3: Uh, you know what? That's weird. It was actually all of us buying into a team-first agenda.
2: No, that seems like the BS. And, and, you got to get that and, out of and, there.
3: And checking egos to the side. And that's the crazy part about what Aaron Rodgers is saying, right? He's talking about competing at a championship level. Last time I checked, the defense competed at a championship level. The defense was top five. In total defense, they were top 10 in takeaways. They did their damn job. It's the offense that wasn't coming to the party. Now, granted, you can point to the quarterback's injury, but guess what? There are plenty teams that dealt with injuries at quarterbacks. We had 68 different starting quarterbacks this season. The Cleveland Browns started four different quarterbacks in one game this year. They're going to be playing on wild card weekend. So your quarterback being injured in and of itself is no excuse as to why your team can't be more competitive. Right. Yet that's where the Jets find themselves. Offense is clearly the biggest issue. They scored the fewest touchdowns of anybody in the NFL. And who's their offensive coordinator? Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, yeah. And why is he the offensive coordinator? Because Aaron Rodgers wants him to be. I don't know. If you want to compete for a championship, how about we start with holding people accountable? And maybe, just maybe, that means the offensive coordinator that made Russell Wilson look awful two years ago in Denver, that made Zach Wilson, well, Zach Wilson doesn't need help looking awful, but didn't help Zach Wilson any in this past year, and offense was absolutely abysmal, maybe we move on from him rather than bringing the band back in 2024. Maybe we start with the BS of the offensive coordinator and finding somebody that's actually good at that damn job rather than having Nathaniel Hackett back because he's your drinking partner. Maybe that's where the Jets should start, but we know they won't because Joe Douglas and Rob Sala are desperate to save their jobs because they whiffed on Zach Wilson, and number eight is the only one that can help them do that.
4: But they're going to lose their jobs regardless if they don't win. And... They're going to lose
3: their jobs regardless, hard stop.
4: Hard stop, probably. But, you know... I didn't think that there was really going to be a way for the New York Jets to wrangle back power that they have relinquished to Aaron Rodgers. It just felt like the toothpaste was out of the tube on that one. But he may have inadvertently given them a pathway mm. by him saying this very publicly. And we have the audio. We, ha- we we literally have the receipts, the proof, the timeline of all of the things he's saying about the BS that doesn't lead to winning, needing to get out of the New York Jets building. He said it. They need to play this back to him and say, listen, you have seen what our organization looked like this year without you on the football field. And what you're saying is right. And then they need to have a list of all of the headlines that have happened this season from Aaron Rodgers, from words that have come out of his mouth, that when he's not playing, by the way, that have been a distraction to what's happening with the football component of this football team. He's a Swifty. Aaron Rodgers is a Swifty. He loves Taylor Swift. He was at the show over the summer. He was partying. They need to be like, hey, you're the problem. It's you. Like have some self have some self-awareness here. Listen to our girl Taylor and realize that you're the contributing factor to all of this noise. And listen, you came here because you wanted to prove that you could leave Green Bay and that you could win a Super Bowl somewhere else. We have a finite amount of time to get that done. This is legacy time, man. This is not about Jimmy Kimmel. This is not about ayahuasca. This is not about the darkness. It's not about you getting your, your point of view out to the masses on science or politics or anything else. This is about football, dude. And you have one shot, maybe one crack at this. And by your own words, we got to get all of this stuff out of the building. And it starts with you because you're the leader of this football team. The
2: problem with that is there's karma involved here, right? Right. You said he's, <laughs> he's another Taylor Swift. Uh, another <laughs> Swift. <laughs> because what happened is they didn't have this cruel summer. Everything was going well over the summer, right? But now there's this blank space when you look at the Jets between leadership and him. And really, they can't shake it off. Because if you want to have a love story <laughs> here with this, You've got to find a way because there needs to be a better leader to do what Brian Gutekus did, which is say, sorry, no, it's my team, not yours. Because right now there's bad blood because he obviously does not think that everything is per- – what are you laughing at? I'm doing this perfectly. I'm waiting <laughs> until, you, good. I'm waiting until you get your
4: reputation, big reputation. I'm
2: just saying, you're bringing all this stuff up, and I'm, I'm going it's to say good. this. It's, yeah. I'm impressed. Right you're yeah.
4: keep, keep going. But he
2: can go out there and wear the cardigan, and he can have his wildest dreams about the way in which the Jets should be, that they should be gorgeous. But the reality here is that it's not August anymore. Okay, it's now into January, and he wants to go back to December when things were, I guess, potentially going in a spot where there could have been some daylight, and he could potentially play. But he doesn't have real rings; he has paper rings, and that's what's going on right now with the Jets. That was the greatest thing. I've ever Well seen.
3: done. That's a nice freestyle. Good nice, work, freestyle. Good work. nice freestyle, Evan. Nice freestyle. But man. you get what I'm saying? But I, got, but I guess my Come whole on. question they
2: have a is this: here. Think about
3: this, Smalls. Like the common denominator when it comes to the drama the last three or four years with Aaron Rodgers, like is Aaron Rodgers. Of like course. think about it, it was the he was with the Green Bay Packers. There's a ton of drama around Green Bay. Then he leaves, no drama around Green Bay. They're back in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers with the he Jets. Ain't Mary J.
2: is what you're saying. Aaron, no more Aaron, drama. Aaron,
3: Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Oh, there's a lot of drama around the Jets, a lot of hype, a lot of expectations. Jets not in the playoffs. Oh, all the BS needs to leave the building. Like, he is the common denominator. And there's more today. Think about all of the moves that he's made, all of the decisions that he's been a part of making. From Nathaniel Hackett to Dalvin Cook to Alan Lazard to Randall Cobb to Billy Turner. None of those moves worked out. You brought in all of his homies. And what did you get for it? The same damn record you had last year with Zach Wilson
2: and a cheaper roster. I just just don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. We're acting like it's done. Today he will be on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, congratulations to him. Which he's already teased his appearance relative to comments on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Cece, if you had to bet a dollar, who's the left tackle of the Jets next year? Somebody that's not on the team. What's his name? Because i go David Bakhtiari. Yeah,
3: that's, that's who it will be. That's not who it shouldn't be. Okay, but the person I was thinking about is in the
2: draft coming right. out of college. But the, that's who it should be. We ain't done with this. Like, there's one Tom Brady. There is just this, – this keeps going back to – and I understand my obsession with Brady, but it really is the compare and contrast. There's one Tom Brady. There was no drama like this ever. And when he brought guys with – he didn't need to bring guys with him to Tampa. If you think about it, they wanted to come to Tampa. Well, it's not even, yes. They wanted to come to Tampa. Not one Patriot joined him initially. Not one Patriot off of the team. You know why? Brock
3: was retired. He was like, yeah, I'll come run with you.
2: Correct. <laughs> I'll run Antonio with Brown you. was not on a team. Those are the two guys. Yeah. They, nobody. You know why Rodgers had to bring guys with him? To explain who he is. The, he had to bring Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard to explain to everybody else, No no, no, this is what I am. I need you things. guys to be a buffer so you between can explain me who and I my am. other teammates. Right. Brady Brady's like, no, no, this is who I am. Brady notoriously walks into a locker room, sees Chris Canty, says, Hi, I'm Tom. Yeah. And Chris then says, I I, I know who you are. Right? Yeah. Like Aaron Rodgers has people go in for him, it seems like, in this case. This has been a disaster. He had an unbelievable offseason, a terrible regular season, injury-wise, to no fault of his own. I give him all the credit on the attempt to come back. Nobody's going to take—nobody's saying he doesn't work hard or doesn't care or anything like that. But we all have issues in our own lives. Self-awareness can be an issue for any one of us. I'm sure I have tremendous self-awareness issues, right? The self-awareness he showed yesterday or lack thereof is remarkable, to say that we have to get all the BS out of the locker room.
3: You know what? Here's the crazy thing. Right now, it's a bad joke, and Aaron Rodgers isn't in on it. That's what it is right now. But he thinks he's smarter than us. What's going on with the Jets? It's a bad joke, and Aaron Rodgers isn't in on it. He doesn't know that it's a joke, but that's what they are. Now, the great thing about it, he gets to go out there and try to prove us wrong next year, but if he doesn't, it's a joke. It's a joke.
4: joke. But I don't blame him. It's a joke. I blame the people in charge.
3: No, I'm going to blame him, too. But he is he in grown, charge. He's a grown-ass no, he grown man. He's going into what, year 19? I'm blaming him, too. He deserves blame. He's been in the league two decades. He deserves some blame for what's going on. I'm not going to absolve him for blame. Like, it, it is about the owner and the general manager and the head coach all ceding power to him. That's where I'm going that, that, with that. They deserve. They deserve their blame. They uh, Like I said before, desperation makes for interesting bedfellows. But that doesn't absolve Aaron Rodgers
2: of all of the things that he's done since he's gotten traded. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
3: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are unsportsmanlike.
6: Michigan has won the college football national championship to complete a perfect 15-0 season.
0: We're so proud of our team. 15-0. Took on all comers and the last one standing. is the team effort. That's why we won. That's why we've been winning all year.
2: Michigan, your national champs, as heard right here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can see us on ESPNU, it along was, with Michelle Smallman. It was Michigan
3: versus everybody. Now it's Michigan over everybody. Well, that Tell him, Javante. Michigan is over everybody. Well, over
2: everybody. Javante didn't Let's see it. Go. He fell asleep, the Michigan grad, Javante. Well, it's because he
3: didn't need to watch it. He saw the first half. He knew what time it was. That's it. I got it, you back. It was bedtime. It was bedtime.
2: Smalls, CC, Evan. we are joined figuratively for Washington. Bedtime. We are joined right now by Night-night. Ian Fitzsimmons, co-host Amber and Ian. He was on the sidelines. Last night for the national championship game. You know, quick story time. Before I started ESPN in September, in August, I had a conversation with Ian Fitzsimmons, and he said to me, There is nothing better than during big games, college football, being on the sidelines, talking to people, and learning stories that you didn't know prior. So, Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm going to use your angle with you currently. What did you learn last night about Michigan that you didn't know prior?
6: Uh first of all, man, well, good morning. And I, I think this conversation should have been postponed until this platoon is better rested. But, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, good morning, folks. <laughs> good and then morning. anybody who got that movie reference, you're as old as I am. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I really, Evan didn't learn a lot more than, than what we already knew. This was a blue-collar football team built from the guts out, man. I mean, they they, they that offensive line last night, early on in the game, imposed their will on Washington, and then it was the defense in the second half that finished the game for Michigan. I mean, it's that's how this team is built guts out, and they just—I mean—that running game early on, CC. I mean, I'm sure you were smiling watching it, man. Just going, look at these big boys just going to eat, right? And then no they finished the game with those that what, what that defensive front for Michigan did to Michael Penix Jr. was almost criminal. I mean, he looked like Apollo Creed at the end of Rocky One, right, holding that right chicken wing trying to protect his right ribs and still trying to throw haymakers with his left hand. I mean, they just absolutely bludgeoned Michael Penix Jr., and that's a Joe Moore award-winning offensive line for Washington. So, Evan, I'll be honest with you, man. I I talked to the same four NFL scouts before every single game that I call, and when I had Michigan earlier this year, all four of them, independent of one another, said that Michigan will have 18 to 20 guys drafted. They are the most talented team in all of college football. They're going to shatter Georgia's record for having 15 guys drafted back in 2018. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it is the most, excuse me, in, uh, in 21. This is the most talented bunch that played college football this year. And the most talented team actually ended up, which doesn't always happen, being the best team in college football.
3: And, Coach, to that end, I mean, we we talked a lot about, like, you know, greatness, competitive greatness, being at your best when your best is required. It felt like Michigan was that way the entirety of the season, whether Harbaugh was on the sidelines or not. And so I'm just curious, based on how dominant they've been all year long and how dominant they were last night, what is Michigan, this Michigan's team's place when it comes to the best national champions, particularly in the playoff era?
6: Well, hell, CC, think about it. They they won half, damn near half their games without their head coach. <laughs> they went 6-0 and without Jim Harbaugh. This is a player-led bunch. That now, That's why I think it puts them up there when it comes to the college football playoff era, of uh, the 10 years that we saw the four-team format. They're right up there as one of the best. I think those Georgia teams the last couple of years were remarkably dominant. You go back to – Alabama, even before the CFP, where they get, their defense gave up 9.8 points per game like it was back in 2011. I mean, that's, that's about as dominant as it gets. But this squad, the most impressive thing to me, when, and talking to Blake Corn who's a young man we've gotten to know over the last few years, I mean, that dude's just country strong. And he, he told me or last week, where because uh, I asked him kind of that, that, a similar question, like, where do you think, if you guys finish this thing, that puts you historically, he goes, as one of the best player-led teams to ever, ever take the field. Look at their two deep guys. I mean, it, it's juniors, it's seniors, it's grad transfers, it's grad students. So how do you navigate uh, all of the, just that sewer that they had to go through with Connor Stallions, you know, and Jim Harbaugh, the NCAA, the COVID recruiting investigation, all that stuff. It was player-led. And that's why, to me, they're one of the best to do it.
4: Ian, we've been debating it all morning was last night Jim Harbaugh's final game at Michigan. You were boots on the ground. What was the sense that you got about his future at Michigan after the game last night?
6: Yeah, Michelle, even going back to Saturday, when, you know, we're, we're at media day, and he's, he's been, he, he was posed that question 98 different ways, uh, and he never answered it. You know, now, look, there's $130 million waiting on him to stay at Michigan. That's, that's a pretty good. That's, that's pretty good, you know, little carrot to tangle out there for anybody. But has, that contract has a no NFL clause. He never answered the question directly. So he's hired Don Yee. We've all talked about that. It represents Sean Payton, Tom Brady, and others. He's never had an agent before. Uh, and so to me, by him not answering the question, uh, and this is I have haven't—I didn't talk to him about this. This is pure speculation on my part. I think he's gone. I think he's riding off into the sunset, and I think his number one destination would be the L.A. Chargers. Anytime that you talk quarterback ball, a quarterback play with Jim Harbaugh, you can ask him about Patrick Mahomes. He'll bring the conversation back to Justin Herbert. Mm. So, I mean, he he's and to have that opportunity to go coach Herbert, who he he has immense respect for. I think he'd jump at the opportunity. I think the Chargers would also. I think that's that's the number one. If I had to go ahead and put down, uh, you know, every penny I have in my bank account, which ain't a lot after this trip, uh, <laughs> I promise you, I promise you, it would be on the LA Chargers bringing Jim Harbaugh out to the West Coast.
2: Ian Fitzsimmons, co-host Amber and Ian, 7P to 10P Eastern here on ESPN Radio joining us. Uh, I was on the sidelines last night for the National Championship game. So we've talked so much, Ian, about where Harbaugh would go. We haven't talked as much about where Michigan would go. It's assumed that Jerome Moore maybe would be the head coach. He'd be a first-time head coach at Michigan, which is a pretty big spot. Dare I ask, could they go for the guy they beat last night if Harbaugh leaves?
6: Uh, Kalen DeBoer is a, you know, he, he's a, he's a Northwest kind of guy, man. And he really, I've gotten to know him this year. That, that was the fifth time Evan, I had the Washington Huskies. And it was a, it was a great ride covering that bunch because that's a remarkable group of young men. And Kalen DeBoer is one of my favorite guys in getting to know in recent years. You talk about, you know, those experiences in, in getting to know people and, 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 and developing new relationships on you're calling games. Kalen DeBoer by far is one of my favorite guys to get to know. In the last twenty years, Colin Ball. I mean, he is just an—he's unique, man. Think about this. And get, at, at Oregon State, he's my an end of third quarter interview. It's a one-score game, and a monsoon is thirty-eight degrees. I walk up to him. He puts his arm around me. He goes, "Fitzy, what you got?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> It doesn't Are you kidding kidding me? Saban's not doing that to you? You don't think Saban's doing <laughs> you, that to you? If you look at the scoreboard, man, he's like, this is why you play the game, Bubba. This is why we coach. It's, it's a beautiful thing. We just got to get one stop here. You know, capitalize. Want to get an explosive play. And, man, here we go. I mean, he is the calmest, most down-to-earth dude, he and Dan Lanning, that I've come across, right? So Oregon's head coach. So I don't think Kalen DeBoer would go to Michigan. I think he, I think he really wants to build something and continue Uh, having success at Washington. I really do. It's a great fit, and fit goes a long way.
2: Ian, great job as always. Great job on the call last night, and we'll listen, of course, to Amber and Ian. Thank you so much for the time.
6: And anybody who didn't stay up and watch it, that was a hell of a ball game. The score is not indicative of what we saw last night. That was one wow. hell of a football shots
2: fired at Javante Lawrence. Shots fired at Javante, the Michigan alum.
6: <laughs> See you, boys. See yeah. you, Michelle.
0: See you. Bye, there man. it is,
2: Ian Fitzsimmons, of course. Coming up, a man who played for Michigan and a man who was around Patrick Mahomes for a long period of time. We'll get an update from him on both situations next. It's on like on ESPN Radio.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike.
6: Michigan with jubilation, Washington just kind of hovering around its sideline on the near side in disbelief of what happened. Michigan has won the college football national championship to complete a perfect 15-0
0: season. We're so proud of our team, 15-0, took on all comers and the last one standing. We killed it today, offensive line, tight ends, receivers, defense, this is the team effort, that's why we won, that's why we've been winning all year.
2: Michigan wins the national championship last night, as heard here on ESPN Radio seen on ESPN television, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are on ESPN Radio, ESPN. ESPNU on the TV side, the ESPN app and Sirius XM channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. And joining us now, he is a Michigan man. He is a former Michigan quarterback. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He is Chad Hetty. Chad, I want to say congratulations to you. You didn't play in the game last <laughs> night. Is congratulations the right greeting? And do you feel like you won personally a national championship last night?
5: Well, I mean, it's definitely great to be a part of the program, but I'm so proud of what our you know football team has done this year, fought through adversity, and absolutely, we're all part of this, and we're so happy for Coach Harbaugh and the rest of his coaching staff and the team as well.
3: Uh, Chad, prior to the playoff, Jim Harbaugh called J.J. McCarthy the greatest Michigan quarterback in the history of the program. Did last night cement that? And if he's not the guy, then who is?
5: Oh absolutely. I mean it speaks for itself his record you know 27 and one as a starting quarterback. Um, he has all the accolades, uh, obviously the national championship he, he's definitely on top and uh, we're proud to have him as as our own and uh, you know you always when we all go through as quarterbacks and we have records and everything, we know they're all going to get broken and we're glad that JJ's uh, part of that and has been breaking all those records as well.
4: Chad, I would love to get your evaluation of J.J. McCarthy. Quarterback to quarterback, when you look at him, what does he do so well, in your opinion?
5: Well, I think uh, especially late in the game, I think he's just a gamer. I think he takes the game underneath his belt, and he has proven late in the game to win games for the team. So he puts it on their back, whether he runs, whether he throws. uh, He has all the intangibles and has done a great job. And obviously, last night he has proven it again.
2: All right, so we've given all the love to Michigan. I'm a Wisconsin grad. I've got to stop this love here for a second. So, uh, Chad, do we feel like last night was Jim Harbaugh's last game as your head coach?
5: I, I, I hope not. Uh, you know, obviously what he's done for our program, he's brought in the right players, the right coaching staff. Um, it would be sad for him to leave, and it's just hard to imagine who would be the next guy. So I, I would hope he would stay and continue this winning streak that we have, but you just never know what his aspirations are.
3: And Chad, I'm just curious from an X's and O standpoint. uh, I mean, the offensive line was dominant last night, over 300 yards rushing, 231 before contact. But I'm curious to get your take on how the defense did in terms of, you know, taking away the explosive plays from Michael Penix Jr. and really making him look mortal. Clearly, the worst performance that Penix had all season long. What did you see from Jesse Menor defensive coordinator, and what did you see from the defensive side of the ball that allowed them to have the kind of success that they showed last night?
5: Yeah, I think Jesse just changed it up. I think he presented different looks each and every down. Um, you know, he confused them. He tried to get the ball out quick for him and it just didn't seem like – you know, Penix was, you know, setting his feet in in the grass last night. It was always like he was on his back, back foot and uh, trying to throw off his back foot. So um, he definitely confused him. And we wanted to get the ball out quicker than he normally did. And we felt like we got that accomplished. And credit, credit to Jesse and the defense for doing that.
4: Chad, this championship did not come without controversy this season. A lot of people are going to want to look at Michigan's accomplishment last night and say that it's tainted because of the sign-stealing scandal, Connor Stallion's, the whole situation. What's your response to those people who say that this championship for Michigan is in fact tainted?
5: Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to do that. Every time a team is on top and keeps winning, there's always going to be people that dive into the program and try to find things that disrupt it. And not saying that it was right or wrong uh, how we went about it, and obviously there was a scandal that went on, but sign signaling has been stolen throughout, you know, the league, throughout college. Uh, you could sit in the stands and steal signals. Heck, I even do it in high school. I sit there look across the <laughs> field and say, all right, this guy's signaling this is the play. Let's get into our defense and stop him there. But there's a lot of communication that goes on there, and I'm not happy, you know, that we're a part of it. Uh, you know, obviously, it will still have to play out throughout the NCA and the Big Ten. But you know, we we did fight through adversity. We did uh, prove that we were the best team in the country, and you know, still win football games.
2: We are talking with former Michigan quarterback, two-time Super Bowl winner Chad Henney, who just self-indicted uh, or indicted himself in a high school football spygate scandal, <laughs> which is an interesting. <laughs> I, lo- I love it, Chad. I, yeah, love, it. I love it. I if love it. If you ain't it. cheating, <laughs> you ain't trying. <laughs> I love I you. <laughs> Chad, you won the two Super Bowls with the Chiefs. What's wrong with them this year?
5: Well, I mean, it's definitely a lot of young guys. I mean, it's different guys in different positions. And, uh, you know, we have a young receiving core. And I know the coaching staff will get them right. Uh, It's just going to take time. And, you know, Travis Kelsey has kind of been, you know, in and out each every game, you know, whether he has a great game or a bad game. And um, I think that's just trying – Patrick sometimes is trying to do too much too. So. There's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot of change in there, but hey, they, they still won the AFC West. It's eight years in a row, which is an unbelievable accomplishment for the team and Andy Reid. And we're back in the playoffs, and you know we're going to be uh, you know a force to be reckoned with once we get in, in, into the playoffs as well.
2: From an X's and O's perspective, can you explain what trying to do too much for a guy like Patrick Mahomes means?
5: Well, I mean, he just wants to put it on, on his shoulders. I mean, whether he throws the ball, runs the ball, you know, he wants to be perfect. And he wants to do everything he can to win. He's a true competitor. It's, it's hard to take away that from a person when things aren't going right. So he wants to put it on his shoulders and make it right. And sometimes as a quarterback, that is just, you know, you try to do too much.
3: Chad, getting back to college football, last night's national championship game featured two teams that will both be in the Big Ten next year with conference realignment, conference expansion, what's going on with the Big Ten, bringing in for the Pac-12 schools. What are your thoughts in terms of the conference expanding and the profile of the Big Ten being raised?
5: Well, I think the, you know college football is really turning into NFL football. I think it's going to be an AFC and an NFC. And, uh, you know, whether it's east-west, you know, north-south, however they play it out, I think that's the direction that college football is going in. They're obviously paying players. So it's difficult for conferences to stay alive because they all want the big competition. Obviously, we saw Florida State get knocked out of the national championship. So everybody wants a part of the bigger conferences and get in. So they have a chance to win a national championship. So it's hard to say, you know, you know we welcome it. We, we love more competition in the Big Ten, and obviously the SEC has a great conference. So all these conferences, I think, are going to split up. At the end of the day, it's going to be the Big Ten versus the SEC, and we'll see where all the other teams fan out.
4: Chad, I wanted to ask you about another quarterback in the NFL in Joe Flacco. You have been through the rigors of an NFL season and the postseason. What, we, what we're what we seeing out of Joe Flacco is so remarkable. He literally got off the couch and was able to join the Cleveland Browns, make an immediate impact, and they're poised now to enter the playoffs and potentially win a Super Bowl. How difficult is something like that, even just for a quarterback? I know it's difficult for any player, but a quarterback, to learn the offense, to be able to ingrain themselves into the culture of a team at that point in the season
5: yeah i mean i'm I'm so happy for Jill. obviously he's a two thousand eight uh draft class of mine, and uh so happy for him, but at the same time, it is a difficult situation. First of all, he's thirty nine years old, trying to buy into a team that's probably much younger and for them to respect him. Uh, obviously, he's won a Super Bowl, he's had all the accolades throughout his career, but late in his career, he's been a backup, so for them to earn confidence, but he went out there and played. And he's been playing one heck of a, you know, games throughout his, you know, these last couple of weeks. And um, to learn offense, obviously, is one thing. But for us, it's just terminology. It's just spitting out different words each and every time you go in there. And, you know, we can adjust easily. But Joe has done a great job. He's finding playmakers. Obviously, their defense is playing well. But, hey, he's, he's doing great. I'm so proud of him. And, uh, you know, it, it's just great to see another old guy out there, you know, slinging the football around.
2: Let's finish with this with Chad Henney, of course, former Michigan quarterback, two-time champion, celebrating his Wolverines winning a national championship last night. For you, Chad Henney, a former Michigan quarterback, a former Super Bowl-winning quarterback in the NFL, which ex-Michigan quarterback is easier for you to get a hold of, Jim Harbaugh or Tom Brady?
5: <laughs> oh, uh, probably Jim. I mean, I haven't talked to either one of them uh, recently, but uh, I've been to the Big Ten championship game. I was at the Ohio State game, and obviously – uh, the game last night. So if I could get a hold of somebody, it'd be easily Jim, uh, Tom Brady. It's, uh, it's a difficult, difficult phone call.
2: Okay. There's not a, there's not a former Michigan QB group chat that's going on. Cause I would try to start no, it from you just to get no, in with I mean, Brady. Uh,
5: Brian Greasy. You know, I, I try to I keep in touch with him. Scott Leffler is obviously my quarterback coach, um, Denard Robinson. I, I spoke to him last week. Um, so there, there's a couple there, but, uh, you know, Tom's obviously above and beyond a lot of our status.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for a couple of minutes. Congrats on the title last night and enjoy the playoffs here, obviously, with your former team. Two of your former teams, with the Chiefs and the Dolphins, playing this weekend.
5: Yep, thanks so much. Go go Blue.
2: All right, there's Chad Henney. Who of course, had to finish with the Go Blue off the go championship blue. last go blue. Go night. Go Blue, Go no Blue, of doubt. course. Uh, how can you not last yeah. night? Fellow uh, Michigan, Michigan man fellow michigan cc's wife went to grad school at michigan and now, yes, he now he's a fellow that. michigan look at
3: show, man look at i mean i'm repping right no, you more. are you are
2: michigan over everybody
3: over everybody
2: Bet. over everybody not over everybody at vivid seats though no not at all not at all because you could use vivid seats to get a ticket to the big house though.
3: well well you could and i probably will yeah. next year absolutely i mean check off that new year's bucket list with tickets from vivid seats Your home for every tackle, every slap shot, and every dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase. From tip-off to the final bezel, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN.
7: to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com, slash unsportsmanlike.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. It was not a great look.
3: I haven't heard Uchie this. Uchiwali. <laughs> <laughs> this, co- this
2: is college. <laughs> We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, alongside Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you, ESPN Radio, ESPNU, off of a night in which Michigan won a national championship over Washington. We're going to get to our our Canty's best bet with ESPN Bet, most Unsportsmanlike moment of the day, but I want to just point out one thing. Chad Hattie's saying Patrick Mahomes is trying to do too much. It's an interesting comment he just made with us, and he's doing it more out of the blame game about the idea that Chad Hetty is saying Patrick Mahomes should not be blaming himself for everything. And I don't think the former Chiefs backup quarterback with Mahomes for multiple years is going to say, hey, Pat," publicly, hey, Patrick, your receivers are dropping every pass you're throwing. Don't blame yourself. But he did say to us, Smalls, Patrick Mahomes is putting too much on himself.
4: Right, but. Trying to do too much. When the option is not available to him to turn things around out on the field, when he can't rely on others on the offense to get the job done, of course he's going to try to absorb that. We've seen Patrick Mahomes be Superman how many times? He always makes a situation, well, up until this point, seemingly, it seems like any situation where you thought the Chiefs were in trouble, Patrick Mahomes finds a rabbit in the hat and he finds a way out of it. So I'm not surprised that he would put that onus on himself and be pressing a little bit because he's not getting much help these days.
2: All right. You ready for best bet here? I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I'm ready for
3: for it. So we're going three-leg parlay in the association tonight. NBA action. No John Morant. So, of course, I'm fading the Grizzlies. We're going to roll with the Dallas Mavs and lay the eight and a half points. Then, of course, I'm going to go with my Lakers on the money line at home against the Toronto Raptors. And... I'm betting against Javante's Pistons because why wouldn't I? They only have three wins. We're going to go with the Kings on the money line.
2: All right, so there you go. Three games in the NBA.
3: Three games in the NBA. Again, that is... The Mavs laying the 8.5, Lakers on the money line, Kings on the money line, that pays out at plus 230.
2: There are a lot of interesting NBA storylines going on right now, and not the day after a national championship game, but Draymond Green coming back, he does his podcast courtesy of the volume. He mentions the fact that basically Adam Silver, the commissioner of the league, talks about a retirement, which is great from a human interest perspective. If I'm another team and I'm playing the Warriors in the postseason, and I lose a round in the postseason, and Draymond's great, I'm a little bit mad at the commissioner, because... I, why do I have to play him if he was ready to retire? The yep. competitive advantage aspect. Sure. And John ja Morant done for the season because of that uh, injury, shoulder injury, and he's going to have that su- uh, sur- uh, surgery, excuse me, there um, with Ja.
3: Also an injury we got to keep an eye on, Tyrese Halliburton Correct. with the hamstring. I mean, did a full split. It did not look good. Towel over no. the head. Ooh. We talked about that. Like, And he's having an awesome season he leading is. the NBA in assists. Like, you just hate it for him. You hate it for, most you hate it for the Pacers, too.
2: No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Speaking of the NBA, unsportsmanlike moment. This one's for Smalls, because Smalls always talks about Tony Smalls, her dad, (laughs) Frankie Smalls, her dog. That's right. Smalls loves, why wouldn't she, her Italian heritage and everything that comes with your Italian heritage. Yes. Well, of course, then, you go to 97.5 The Zone in Utah for more on that in the call last night of the Jazz and the Bucks, specifically for Smalls. Colin blows by Lopez, hangs in the air, out to Fontecchio, 4-3, (laughs) Bucatini! The Italian Simone Fontecchio twirls the pasta around his finger and says, I'll take three on that one. Utah 120, Bucks 108, 441 to play. Jazz back up by 12. Timeout in Milwaukee. I heard that coming in this morning. Sports Center all night. <laughs> Shout out to Jay Reynolds, who does a phenomenal job with that, and so I immediately good. thought of you. That was Do they a go- call them bucatini? <laughs> that's what they call them? Yes. The twirl on the
4: pasta? Well, because that's a long pasta noodle, so it's They're a, v- a very great call. Uh, my- Top
2: three pastas. Go ahead.
4: Uh, so cavatappi pasta. Cavatappi in Italian means corkscrew. They're those little You corks- made that
7: one up. That's not real.
4: Cavatappi means corkscrew. You know those little squirrely uh, mm-hmm. corkscrew noodles? Yep. Amazing to get on your fork. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A bow tie pasta. Very good. Usually you get a bow tie pasta and it has a red sauce, maybe a spicy vodka sauce, some peas in it. Outstanding. And I think t- number one overall, if we're going on the big board here, it has to be angel hair. No? No.
2: Really? It doesn't no. have to be no. angel hair. Chile, oh, a beautiful
4: a angel hair pasta. Oh my God. You usually get it as a little side dish to your mane. I love uh-huh. angel hair
3: interesting. No. None of those are in my top three. Excuse
4: me, what? No, I'm just no. saying
3: none of them are in my top three. I I love fettuccine. I love fettuccine with Alfredo sauce, some crab meat, a little parsley on the no, side. No, we're just
4: talking about the, the noodle, though. I, fettuccine I'm just, is a little well, you thick just talked for about
3: the, You just talked about the red sauce dressing up okay, the multi Okay, you're right. You're right. So fair, just, fair, uh, fair, Just throwing it out there the way I would do it, I would probably go with... Uh, a tortellini, like, nice like, mm. iced cheese tortellini. Mm. Well, that's a you thing. This is I'm my aware. list, okay? This is my <laughs> list, okay?
4: We're judging you. Is, I'm sorry. This, this is, is a safe this space. This is yeah. my Please, list. Share.
3: And then to round it out, I would go with the shells.
4: What? Big shells or small shells?
3: Big shells. Oh, yeah. Big shells. A little ricotta be, in there? Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. No
2: doubt. What's the, um, the one, now I'm looking for the name of it, the pasta that, like, is, um, like, the, the thicker pasta... Not thicker, but like the wider pasta. Or manicotti? No, no, papadale? no. Pop pa- Yes. Yeah, I love papadell. That's on my list. That love linguine papadale. is right there. Fettuccine. You have uh, some papadel with some Marsala sauce. Oh, Forget about
3: papadale. it. Spicy some sauce. Mu- it? Some, mush- some mushrooms in there. I don't like mushrooms. I mean, dare no. I say. I
4: really have tried. Dare just I just say Smalls' list oh. is the worst? Well, you just gave one noodle.
2: I said, no, I said papadell. I said Fettuccine and I said linguine. I, that's three Smalls. No,
4: I think mine's You have bit.
2: angel hair number one
4: angel hair pasta. that's a bad list angel
2: hair bow tie no
4: okay so in in Italian culture you're not you're not supposed to cut your pasta it's supposed to be bad luck and a sign of disrespect and I think angel hair is the easiest to twirl on your fork
3: okay because
4: it's so thin and delicate I
3: got you you. okay
1: what's the difference between fettuccine and linguine I feel like they're exactly Uh, the the same
2: widen like the The wideness the the width of it (laughs) wideness (laughs) The, the wideness. Wide. What did I just say? The wideness
3: of the it. The width of it. The
2: width of it. All right. Yeah. Uh the next unsports. By way moment. of
3: education. Yeah. By <laughs> way of education. By way of education. The, of education. the, the
2: wideness of it. <laughs> you mean <You> a love <laughs> By the yeah. way, do yourself a favor, have some
4: cava Toppy. Get some kava, kava tapi That's definitely I, fake. I, no, it's well, not. it's kava not. Topi. I'm gonna tell you why it's Google not. It.
2: Smalls' best friends, one of her best friends, from ESPN West Palm, the great Dom Zeno, just texted me Cavatelli with the Do- Tommy... Uh,
4: Tommy DeVito. Tommy him. DeVito. Cavatappi. Yeah. yeah,
2: Smalls Pork has taken screw. over ESPN West Palm. I, I'm nothing anymore. I spent 20 years there. Cabot-toppi. They don't know I exist. Penne.
4: Did, did you know that the studio... Did you say
2: penne, Pat? Penne's- I
4: love a good penne.
2: Penne is the goat. I love a good penne. Penne the goat? Well, kind of we go, goat. Spe- speaking of, I would the go goat, Rigatoni over. Uh, last night, the goat, Michael Probably, Jordan, yeah. was at the national championship game. The suite that included Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Travis Scott, and um, Stephen A. Smith. I love Stephen A. I-, I mean, he's at another level right now. That is a- that is just the biggest, unbelievable flex you could ever have in your life. You're at the national championship game, and that's the crew you're hanging with.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Pretty good box. That's people.
2: unbelievable. I mean,
3: if you have to power rank the, no, the top don't, four, don't the, do it. I mean, don't the, do it. Don't I mean, do if, you, that. if you have to power just, rank, I'm just no, asking no. how you, how would you power rank? I mean, it's clearly Jordan at the top, right? Jordan, Jordan at the Jordan, top. Jordan Jeter. Yes. Are we putting Stephen A. over Travis Scott? Yeah. I mean, Travis Scott did date a Kardashian, though, know, right?
2: A Jenner, technically.
6: Yeah, but Stephen A. is bigger <laughs> than the Knicks, so
2: he is.
4: But Travis Scott <laughs> is, wow. is Travis Scott is selling out the Garden.
2: Yeah,
3: and he dated a Kardashian.
4: He had two kids with Kylie Jenner.
3: Yeah,
2: so.
4: And had Actually a, a killer and... shoe collab. I mean, Travis Scott doing pretty good.
2: See, pretty wh- good. Why do you have to do that to Stephen A like that? I'm just asking a question. No, we, we It was just, a question. We, let's just leave it as he was with Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, and How, Travis Scott. He's in time.
4: good company.
3: He's in great company. Great company.
2: Amazing room. Does, do we think he just like walks in or was he invited there? Either way, it's a There's Excuse no way. me, you cannot just no walk just in, that, in. Yeah. that
4: box with Jeter and Travis Scott and Stephen Michael Jordan. Ju-
2: you
3: don't think he could? It I could be don't. his box.
2: <laughs> That's true it's, he too. He invited TV them.
3: ESPN event. It could be
2: his box.
4: Yeah, you. No one one's getting kind of in there juice? without the without the greenie. Up next, <laughs> we are
2: on
1: to Wednesday on Sportsman like ESPN Radio for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.